Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In the marshlands of central Florida, it's the Riley and Kimmy show. A heavy, ominous stillness falls over the swamp. The Riley and Kimmy show. Tuesday. Just beginning to see Now I'm on my way And it is a Tuesday if you're listening to this Well, the day the show is uploaded It's episode number 1,633 Right next to me is Jeremy, I got one name Jeremy Hello everybody, hello everybody, 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 everybody. <laughs> Hi Hi, I'm your host, Patrick Riley Riley Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, tender as a lamb. That's me. They use the seasoning. They get me, you know, and I'm going around a rotisserie before uh, the show starts. Uh, that's me. And the person actually puts me in that uh, that uh, that oven is. Right to my left side. Although she is my right hand and she's a little. She's strange. And I like it. She's strange. And I like it. She's strange. Just the way she is. Walking down the avenue. She's strange. Always doing something. Welcome to the show, Kimmy. Thank you for coming into the studio and being part of a Tuesday episode. Yeah, well, thank you very much. How is Tuesday treating you so far? So far, so good. I think she has her focus on the weekend. And by the way, the Riley and Kimmy show can be listened to any single day. You can listen to this Tuesday show on a Wednesday or, hey, be wild, let's do it on Sunday. And we have a new show every single day, daily talk about pop culture revolving around the world of nostalgia and retro. Heavy emphasis on that with current subject matters talked about and discussed. And we also put a spotlight on the golden age of radio because... It's a forgotten medium, and it influenced film and television, still does to this day. And we like to go back to the roots of certain things and honor those that have been or might be forgotten or maybe you never heard of. Plus, you can talk to family members, maybe older ones or, or co-workers and stuff like that, and go, hey, did you know, blah, 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 and you can say you heard it from the Riley and Kimmy show. All archived episodes available on our website. Also, we have easy platforms to take us anywhere on planet Earth. You can listen anywhere. We have iHeartRadio, iTunes, SoundCloud available. Also on our website, social media to stay in touch with us. Find out where the Riley and Kimmy show will be out and about at next and chances for you to win. Also on our website, celebrity interviews we've done and pop culture stories and so much more. Kimmy, what is our web address? RileyandKimmy.com Find archived podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com I'm Patrick Riley. I'm Kimmy. 
We're the Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. We're available for your next event in Florida. Please consider the Riley and Kimmy Show for your pop culture or nostalgia-based event. Art shows. Exhibitions. Festivals. Grand openings. Home and garden shows. Car shows. Collectible shows. Conventions. Animal and pet-related events. Let us promote your event with customized commercials and interviews. Live on-site promotions and podcasts. Please contact us on Facebook Messenger. All communications kept confidential. Pop culture escapism. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Shall we play a game? That is the question for this Tuesday. Would Kimmy like to play a well, a round or two or three of pop culture trivia? What say you, Kimmy? Well, of course. Here we go. The timeline may or may not be adjusted. It could be running in chronological linear order or it may not. Feel free to help out Kimmy with answers by yelling, if you can, whispering if you must, talking to whatever computing device the Riley and Kimmy show is playing on in your hands or around you, and it could be anything, because we are mobile. We are global. You can take the Riley and Kimmy show anywhere on planet Earth. Yeah, check out iTunes, iHeartRadio, and SoundCloud. All those platforms available on our website helps, or you can listen directly through our website. We have all those archived episodes. And, by the way, through our social media, too. You can catch episodes through Facebook, Twitter, and other platforms. Kimmy, it was on this date, 1956, that this song was released. It would be a hit, a very big hit. It peaked at number seven on the Billboard Pop Charts, number eight on the R&B Charts. Tell me, the recording artist. Well, be she's my baby. she's my Who is it, Kimmy? Um, it's not Elvis, right? No, it's not. Um, Easy sure. to confuse, though. Yeah. Many people have over the course of time. That is Gene Vincent, 1956, with B-Bop-Alula. It was a very big hit. Staying in 1956, this person's TV show airs for the last time on NBC. He would not end his career on TV. He would have another show. But this is a long-running show that ran from the late 40s until 1956. Tell me who it is. Jane, you will not believe this, but I saw a girl today who's got your beat. 45, 32, 28. Oh, those are pretty big measurements. Yeah, that was just her head. <laughs> you should have seen the rest of it. She was really something. I mean that sincerely. Every time I come on a show, all they want to talk about are my measurements. Yeah. Why doesn't somebody talk about my brains? <laughs> okay, Jane. How's your brain? <laughs> Tell me, how are you? 41,835. I see. And that's only my cerebellum. You got some cerebellum, baby. I've noticed now. Kimmy, who is it? Whose show came to an end on NBC 1956? Milton Berle. That's correct. The year is 1959. 
Bob Zimmerman graduates from high school in Hibbing, Minnesota. He would change his name to what? Bob Dylan. Moving to 1965, this song hits number two. Tell us the title. What is the name of that hit? Wule Bule. Wooly Bully was a hit for whom? You don't have to get it right. It's just a bonus question here. I don't know. Sam, the Sham, and the Pharaohs. It hit number two, 1965. The year's 1971. This person had this song released. It would reach number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and number four on the United Kingdom singles chart. Billboard would rank it the number 17th song for the year of 1971. Tell me who the recording artist is. See you again. All you got to do is call And I'll be there Yeah, yeah, yeah You got a friend Kimmy, can you tell me who that is? James Taylor. Do you have James Taylor? That that final? No. No, no, Okay. Year's 1972. This recording artist, well, she's not a recording artist until now, quits her job as a full-time secretary for a new career as a full-time singer. The year is 1972 on this date. Who does that? Here's your clue. We may never love like this again. Don't stop the flow. We can't let go. We may never love like this again. And touch the sky. Though we may try. Kimmy, we really want you to get this we have five clues if we need it can you tell oh. me can you tell me who that is i can't oh another clue there's got to be a morning after if we can hold on through the night that's clue number two kimmy do we need clue number three i i i don't know who it is love it seeks love it finds love it conquers Kimmy, that is your last clue. Can you tell oh, me? Who it, can you tell me who it is? I can't. Maureen McGovern. Remember her? Obviously mm, not. No. Okay, the year is 1974. This person records her first song. It's a cover, Kimmy. A cover of a Jimi Hendrix hit. Tell me who it is. Your 
Can you tell me who that is? I have no clue. That's Patti Smith. The year is 1974. The year is 1976. It's novelty time. Kimmy, this song breaks the Hot 100. It hits number 57. This is impossible. Music trivia. I doubt anybody will shout out the answer or whisper it to you because they won't admit to knowing this song. But if you can tell us who recorded this, Major points to you in the world of trivia. Here's your clue. When the moon hangs high on the breast of the lake and the bite of the wind is like a slap in the face, a legend of horror lurks in the haze. It's Bigfoot. A giant of a creature all covered with hair as tall as a timber and strong as a bear. Y'all better not go walking out there with Bigfoot. Bigfoot's coming, gonna get you, gonna get you. Bigfoot's coming, so you better watch out. Lock your doors and bolt your windows. Bigfoot's on the ground. Bigfoot's coming, gonna get you, gonna get you. Bigfoot's coming, so you better watch out. Lock your doors and bolt your windows. 1976, it's Bigfoot. Can you tell me who recorded that? Oh, I was kind of digging that. Um, I can't. That's Bro Smith. You wouldn't wouldn't have been digging it back in 1976 uh, or after that if you were out camping like I was as a you know kid and, and you hear something scratching your tent at night Uh-oh. and you know, you're out in the middle of the woods. And that song is just played on the radio and kind of freaks you out a little Uh-oh. bit. Uh, yeah. Or, or you live out what you think is a haunted house and you... Look out the window and you think maybe Bigfoot's walking around out there. And, mm-hmm. You know, when the moon's out and you kind of see something moving, you know. And, yeah. Uh, you see something coming out of the cornfield and you're like, I think Bigfoot's out there. Yeah. I remember seeing, like, uh, films on about Bigfoot in grade school. I remember. <laughs> and the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, sure. And, and Bermuda Triangle. I didn't see that one, but. Sure. They showed that in school? Yeah. Now, if you. I, you're probably too young to remember, but there was a period of time when you could pick up Bigfoot feet that they would sell. Oh, wow. And you could strap them on, and you could make your own Bigfoot tracks. Ooh, that sounds like a, a blast. <laughs> well, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen those in a long time. Did you do that? Uh, no comment. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have taken those on a camping trip. Now, what if I had to have a little tape recorder with me with a, you know sound of a bear oh, reversed? Reverse the sound of the bear so it's not quite like, oh, you know. Nice. Uh, oh, it's good about 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm. You know. <laughs> yeah, you never slept back then either, huh? No, I, 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 I didn't. I was just, I was the fun one on the camping trip, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I was. The year is 1981. This person releases the album, his ninth album, his ninth studio album, somewhere in England. Here is a hit off of that album, and hit number one on the adult contemporary charts and number two on the Hot 100. Tell me who the recording artist is. I'm shouting all about love. Well, they cheated you like a dog, and you were the one who had made it so clear all those years ago. Can you tell me who that is? George Harrison? Yes, and he had help from Paul McCartney and Wings on that album, Kimmy. Now, we'd love to focus on things you may may have never heard before or haven't heard in a long time, and there's also reasons sometimes you haven't heard in a long time. 
The year is 1982. This song hits number 39 on the Hot 100, but it is number one on the Hot Dance Club play chart. So that means people were grooving to this song, right, Kimmy? Mm. They were sweating to it, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they even had still at that time period those lighted dance floors, like in you know Saturday Night Fever, which you just recently wanted me to watch <laughs> a scene. Maybe they were dancing, you know, on that kind of lighted dance floor to this song. Tell me who the recording artist is. I hate to tell you, but I gotta give you bad news. I don't love you no more. But your life is like a circle. Everything you do comes back to you. Murphy's Law, 1982. Who had that as a hit? I don't know. That's Sherry from 1982. The year is 1989. This person releases his eighth studio solo album. The album is Flowers in the Dirt. Here's a single from that album. Tell me who it is. Who is it, Kimmy? Paul McCartney. That's right. Do you have that vinyl or CD or download mm. or digital or anything? No, I don't. All right. The year's 1993. This song hits number 18 on the Billboard Hot 100. Tell me the title. Something wrong with the world today. I don't know what it is. Something's wrong with our eyes. things in a different way. God knows it ain't his. Can you tell me the title? Living on the Edge? Kimmy, who had that as a number 18 hit on this date, 1993? Aerosmith. Movie release time. A movie was released on this date in history. We're looking for the year it came out. You have a plus or minus of two years. Two years, Kimmy. But first, identify the movie and tell me who the star of the film is. We have, well, an adjusted trailer for the film. The name of the film has been removed. Let's see if we can have some fun here. 30 years ago, the Omnicam Corporation created the ultimate reality-based television experience. Beginning with the child's birth, they set out to document an entire human life. Every single moment broadcast live to the world. They created his hometown of Sea Haven. All of it completely enclosed within the dome. Cue the sun. And even though show has become an international phenomenon, he himself has never learned the true nature of the world around him. It's television! Yes! Despite some close calls, every aspect of his life has been carefully scripted and meticulously crafted. But the one thing no one could predict was who would grow up to be. 
Good morning. Morning. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> Do you remember the film? Truman? The Truman... The Truman story? We'll accept that. <laughs> I know the judges, they're nodding. They're saying, okay, it's the Truman Show. Okay. Tell me, tell me who starred with Ed Harris in that film. Jim Carrey. That's correct. What year, within two years, was the Truman Show in theaters for the first time? 99. You get it? 1998. Do you think that's a forgotten film? Yeah. I did not like that movie. No. Uh, I don't know if we stayed through the whole thing. Oh, yes, we did. Oh, oh, oh yes, we oh. did. Yes, we did. The year is 2001. Give me this person's debut album comes out. The album is Songs in A Minor. Here is a single from that album. Tell me who the recording artist is. I keep on falling in Can you tell me who that is? Alicia Keys. That's correct. The year is 2003. This band's album, Saint Anger, is released. It is the eighth studio album for this band. Tell me the name of the band. And you identify who that is. By the way, that was a number two song on the mainstream rock charts. Kiss? No, not Kiss. The year's 2003. Oh, 2003. Uh, One more uh, guess. I don't know. Metallica. Oh. It's 2004. It is celebrity and notable wedding time, Kimmy. Actress, singer, Jennifer Lopez. Marries a recording artist in Beverly Hills, California. Who does she marry? Here's your clue. I need to know. Tell me, baby girl, cause I need to know. My every thought is of this being true. It's getting harder not to think of you. Can you tell me who Jennifer Lopez marries on this date? Mark Anthony. You're right. Celebrity and notable birthdays. Famous people born on this date in history. Musician born on this date. Kimmy, identify who it is. And once you have, how old is he within five years? We have two clues if you need them. Can you identify who that is? Kenny G. Yes, how old is Kenny G today within five years? Um, Kenny G is, um, 50. He is 62 today. Next person, singer, celebrating his 49th birthday. Had a number two hit in 1999. Who is it? Unbelievable how I used to say that I'd The basis is need to know if you don't know just how I feel. Then let me show you now that I'm for real. If all things and time, time will reveal. Can you?
Can you tell me who is celebrating his 49th birthday? Oh, I can't. That's Brian McKnight moving to another birthday. This person's an actor and singer. First became known as a singer, Kimmy. He had a 1991 hit. It was number one. Tell me who it is. Yo, it's about that time to break forth. Can you tell me, Kimmy, who is having a birthday? Mark Wahlberg. Yes, I didn't even have to go through the uh, movie list, uh, the filmography. How old is Mark Wahlberg today within five years? 53. He is 47. I see dead people. Notable deaths, famous people, celebrities who died on this date in history. Recording artist died on this date, 1993. Kimmy died at the age of 59. Huge hit, 1970, number one on the country charts. It would hit number 65 on the pop charts. Tell me who it is. Hello, darling. Nice to see you. It's been a long time. You're just as lovely as you used to be. How's your new love? Are you happy? Hope you're doing fine Just to know Means so much to me Can you tell me who that is, Kimmy? Oh, it reminds me of an infomercial, but I, I oh, can't no, do it. Oh, no, come on. He, he performed in your hometown. Matter of fact, I took listeners backstage to meet him in the possum, the old possum. Mm -mm. That's George Jones. Not mm. George Jones is the old possum. This oh. birthday, the person who passed away on this date in history, still don't know who it no. is. He was a pop performer, then went country. The movie Bye Bye Birdie is about him and Elvis kind of combined. It's Conway Twitty who passed away on this date in 1993. He was extremely nice. It was, it was, a, it was one of those really nice backstage performances. You know, you, uh, I've taken you backstage, and sometimes that's not a that's not a, yeah, mm. not a good experience. Yeah. It depends. I always like to take people before if it can be done through the promoters before the show starts when everybody's excited and everything. Meet and greet. Yeah, yeah. And the meet and greets kind of things. But because generally the ones when they're done, they're exhausted, tired, and want to go. And I don't blame anybody. I'm going to go sleep or eat or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. 1999. This singer and sometimes actor. Passed away at the age of 73. He appeared more than nine times on this TV show. Identify it. Can you tell me the name of the TV show? Night Court. That's right. Tell me who the mystery person is. I'm wild again. Beguiled again. A simpering, whimpering child again Bewitched, bothered and bewildered Am I? 
Number eight hit for him, 1950. Can you tell me who it is? Mel Torme. Excuse me. I need somebody. I got these two lunatics chasing me. Oh. <laughs> Everybody here is nuts. <laughs> Don't ever change. <laughs> I mean it. And he also appeared on Seinfeld. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to dedicate this song to a very courageous young man. <laughs> when you're smiling, <laughs> when you're smiling. Yes, he sang to Kramer after he had been to the dentist. Remember? <laughs> yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He was wearing his special shoes. Remember that that episode? Uh, yeah. Yes, that's Mel Torme who passed away on this date. 2004, Kimmy, this actor-politician passed away. Tell me who it is. Here's your clue. When I go in for a physical now, they no longer ask me how old I am. They just carbon date me. Who is that? Ronald Reagan. That's right. Passed away on this date, 2004, at the age of 93. Moving to the world of sci-fi. The year is 2012. This American author dies at the age of 91. He is credited with writing 27 novels and over 600 short stories. Many of his works have been turned to film or to radio programs or to television programs. An example is The Jar on Alfred Hitchcock's Our Show. He wrote The Jar. He wrote Fahrenheit 451 in 1953. He also wrote The Martian Chronicles in 1950 and The Illustrated Man in 1951, just to name a few. Kimmy, can you tell me who passed away on this date, 2012? Oh. Come on, you like authors. I know, I can't do that. It's Ray Bradbury who oh. passed away on this date in history. Now I have people yelling at me. Yes, yes. yes. That's Kimmy who doesn't know Ray Bradbury. Yeah, It's Kimmy right there. Kimmy, uh, yes. Kimmy, keep shouting. That's great. Okay, see, I can't hear that stuff. That's that's good. Yeah. That's a good superpower you have there. Thanks. Sometimes. Anyhow, the judges say you did a fantastic job on this Tuesday, Kimmy. Yeah, except for that last one. Uh, yes. Well, we, we forgive you. We're going to go back in time and honor something we talked about on Trivia with the Golden Age of Radio, an old-time radio spotlight coming up. It's the Riley and Kimmy Show. Radio Watch We mentioned moments ago that Ronald Reagan passed away on this date at the age of 93. He was no stranger to the golden age of radio, and we have an excellent example of the theater of the mind, otherwise known as old-time radio. He starred in a suspenseful, thrilling episode titled Circumstantial Terror. Now, Circumstantial Terror is the story of a guy who wanted to apologize for threatening a stranger. And when he got there to make the apology, he found the stranger was dead and the police were waiting for him. Fantastic performance by Ronald Reagan, 1954. Circumstantial terror on The Riley and Kimmy Show. I wasn't the only one who was mad at him. All the other guys felt just about like I did. About Curly Weber, that is. 
You see, if he hadn't let the pressure go too high, we'd have all been in good shape right now. As it was, the boiler blew up and wrecked the cleaning plant where I worked. The owner collected the insurance money and got out of the business, which left us with no jobs. After a few months of looking around for a job, I was in a pretty bad way. Then I connected. Only trouble was it wouldn't start for three weeks. By now I was broke, irritable, and mad at the world. So I wasn't what you'd call a pleasant type fellow when I walked into this liquor store for a package of smokes about 11 o'clock one night. So, what else could I do, Eddie? There I was with egg on my face and that phony salesman telling me I was going to have to take what he gives me or get nothing at all. What do you have to buy from him for? His outfit has the distributor tied up. 25% of what I make, I make from his scotch. I'd like a pack of cigarettes. Hold your horses, mister. I got another customer. So, I check around town to see if maybe I can get the scotch somewhere else. How'd you make out? Go ahead. Take a guess. Come on, mister. Get off the dime. Just give What's me a... What's the matter with you? Ain't you got no manners? Just give me a pack of cigarettes and stop shooting off your mouth. Me shooting off my mouth? Look, buster... I got a pretty good trade right now, so why don't you take your two-bit sale somewhere else? I don't even like the way you look. Listen, smart guy. I've taken a lot of lip from guys like you in the last few months. One more crack out of you and I'll smear you all over the joint, do you hear? All right, mister, all right. Take it easy. Sam don't mean no harm. That's just the way he talks. Then let him talk to somebody else like that. Hey, why don't you give me cigarettes, Sam? We can talk some more after he leaves. Mm, okay. What kind do you want? Mister? I don't want any kind. I just want you to remember something. Next time you see me, you'd better cross over to the other side of the street. It'll be healthier for you. Remember that. I went back to my room and poured myself a drink. No doubt about it, I'd acted like a fool. But four months of being unemployed didn't exactly develop an even temper. It was a half hour before I realized I still hadn't got any cigarettes, and another 15 minutes before I could talk myself into going back to the liquor store to apologize for losing my temper. The street was dark, and the only light on the whole block came from the glowing window of the liquor store. I still wasn't sure what I was going to say to Sam when I got there, but I knew I'd fix everything up all right. I'd gotten to within about a hundred feet of the store when I noticed a black, or what seemed to be black, coupe parked in front of the store. Just about the time I noticed it, I heard a shot. It seemed to come from the direction of the store. I stopped for a second. Then a guy rushed out of the store right in front of me, jumped into the car, and before I could do anything, it roared down the darkened street out of sight. I ran to the store and looked in. Nobody around. Then I looked behind the counter. The guy I'd argued with, Sam, was on the deck. I could tell right away that it was a waste of time to check his pulse, but I did it anyway. He was dead, all right. Then I started for the door to call the cops. Hey, what's going on? Who? What did I tell you, Irv? I saw who did it. He ran out the door as I was coming up the street. Come on. Grab him, Irv. He did it. That's the guy I was telling you about. Come on, buddy. Let go. I tell you, I didn't do it. I didn't do it. I saw the guy that did. Let go. Hold on to him, Irv. That's the guy Sam had to throw out of the store. He was casing the joint. That's what he was doing. Let go of him. Yeah, hold him good, Irv. I'm going for the cop. Don't worry. He ain't going nowhere. What's the 
Service officers get enough to go after the police, these two guys rush in and hold me. I didn't do it, I tell you. He's lying, officer. We'll find out if he's lying when the guys from Homicide get here. I don't even own a gun. That gun laying by Sam's body is Sam's gun. Looks to me like this guy shot him with his own gun. If you don't shut your mouth... Easy does it. What happens when the guys from Homicide get here? You want my honest opinion, mister? Yeah, sure. I didn't put the cuffs on you for laughs. I think you've had it, buddy. It's only an opinion, but from what I can see here, and what I've gotten from these witnesses, you're nailed, buddy. Nailed good. And I was. By the time it was presented to the grand jury, the state had a real good case prepared against me. The liquor store owner's gun only had his prints on it, which made it look as if I'd tried a phony hold-up and jumped him when he drew it. And there was money scattered all over the store, which made it look as if I'd been surprised before I had a chance to get away. That guy Eddie who'd been in the store when I had my argument wouldn't let me up. He pounded nails in my coffin every time he opened his mouth. I'd had a job when all this happened that I had trouble giving me a motive. And being broke and unemployed made it look that much worse. As a result, I wasn't surprised when the grand jury came through with an indictment for first-degree murder. As far as I was concerned, it was all over but the hanging. Now, how are you? You, uh, Frank Thompson? Right now, I wish I weren't, but I am. Who are you? I'm Ernest Gibbons. I've been assigned as public defender in your case. You're wasting your time. Why? Are you guilty? No, I'm not. Well, then I'm not wasting my time. <clears throat> Mind if I sit down? Go ahead. Well, I think I got most of the facts straight in my mind. Now, I want you to tell me in your own words what happened. Did you read the transcript of the inquest? Yes, I did. That's all there is to it. Uh-huh. Well, look, Frank, I'm here to help you if I can. Now, don't make it tough for me. I think we can beat this if you help me. How? Well, first, let's forget that story about running in after the storekeeper was shot. Now, nobody believes that. Would you believe it if I tell it to you again? Should I? Yes, because it's the truth. Well, can you describe the man you saw running out? More or less. Well, what do you mean by more or less? Well, I got a pretty good look at his face. He had a mustache. But I couldn't tell you how tall he was or how much he weighed. It seemed to me to be just medium all around. Uh, well, you said at the inquest that he got in a car and he drove... Now, can you describe the car? It's a black coupe. What year? Don't know. How about the make? Couldn't tell. It's too dark. Mm-hmm. The license number? All or any part of the license number? None of it. All his lights were out. Uh-huh. In other words, if you wanted to lie, this would be a pretty good way of blaming someone the police couldn't possibly track down, wouldn't it? I guess so. But I'm not lying. All right, now let's see. The state has set the trial for a week from today. In a hurry, aren't they? <laughs> well, I guess they figure that they've got you sewed up. The papers have public opinion running pretty high against you. You know, the man left a wife and three little kids. Well, that's tough. Real tough. <laughs> It was a couple of days later that Ernie came to me and said they were selecting the jurors who'd hear the case. This was a part of the law I didn't know a thing about, so when he said I had a right to sit in in the selection, I went along, only to get out of the cell for a few hours. Well, to put it simply, it's more of an interview than anything else. It also gives us a chance to get jurors we think might be more easily swayed, who 
our way of thinking. <clears throat> I'm to the point where I don't care much one way or another. I just wanted to get out of the cell for a little while. Maybe I'd be better off if I just plead guilty and get it over with. Oh, now you're talking foolish, boy. There's a lot that can happen in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it's all going to happen to me. <laughs> Some of it might be good, you know. Don't hold your breath. Well, over here, Frank. Sit down, right? There. Okay. I'm going to try to get as many women as I can on the jury. You're a pretty good-looking boy. It helps sometimes. What about the prosecution? Don't they have anything to say about it? Well, I doubt if they challenge more than once or twice. Now, they think they have such a strong case, it doesn't matter much to them who's on the jury. They're right, too, aren't they? Now, that remains to be seen. Mm -hmm. uh -huh, here they come. Yeah. Right now, I'd trade places with any given one of them. I don't think you'd get any takers. <laughs> oh, well, uh, not as many women as I'd like to have seen. Ernie. Ernie. What's up, Bob? The guy with the gray suit. Where? Over there, next to the dame with the fur coat. Oh, yeah. Well, what about him? Don't challenge him. What? Don't challenge him. That's the guy. What guy? That's the guy that killed the shopkeeper. That's the guy I saw running out of the store that night. Get him on the jury. Don't let him get away. I don't want to die for what he did. It was tough sitting through the selection of the jury, especially when I knew that the prosecution could, for no apparent reason, disqualify the man I'd pointed out to Ernie. If he was the man I'd seen run out of the liquor store the night of the shooting, then he had to be where we could keep tabs on him. Ernie sacrificed a couple of his limited number of preemptory challenges just to make sure the guy came up for selection. When he did, there was no objection on either side, and we had him. Later that afternoon, when Ernie came to my cell, we tried to figure out what we were going to do with him. Well, now that we've got him, uh, what are we going to do with him? Well, it's your job to figure out, Ernie. You're the lawyer. We're no better off now than we were at the beginning. We haven't got a shrewd of evidence to substantiate your claim. I saw him. Isn't that enough? Well, you're on trial, not him. Well, supposing I get up in court and say he's the man, what would happen? He'd probably declare it a mistrial and discharge the jury. Then go to work on another trial, but you'd stay in jail. Wouldn't they question him? Maybe. It was pretty obvious he'd say you were off your rocket. Remember, Frank, you're the one who's accused. Defending yourself by accusing him just on your say-so is pretty flimsy. Who'd believe it, would you? Well, couldn't you do it? Couldn't you tell someone? Proof, Frank. Proof. What can I possibly do but quote you? What am I going to do? Just what we're doing. Go through with this trial. Then I'll appeal, no matter what the verdict is, and see if we can rope our friend into making a mistake. But he'll duck as soon as the trial's over, won't Probably, he? but at least uh, he'll be around while the trial is on. Now, if you cause a mistrial, he'll be gone a lot faster. It isn't fair. I know he's This is man. a court of law. The burden of proof is on the accuser. What real proof have they got against me? They don't have to catch a man in the act of murder to convict him of it. Circumstantial evidence can be strong enough. And, and in your case, it seems to be. It's driving me nuts to think that this guy's got to help send me away for a murder he committed. Yeah, they haven't sensed you yet, boy. Let's see what happens. And if it does happen? Maybe we'll have something I can use to ask for a new trial. If we get into trouble. Where's the trial going to be? Well, Judge Thurston will preside, I think. Let me see, that'll put it in the uh, City Hall Annex. Where's that? In the Annex, that's a small building on the north side of the City Hall. That's uh, next to the parking lot. Why? Just asking, that's all. Frank? Yeah? 
Don't try any grandstand plays. Any tangle with the jury might result in a mistrial, and I don't think that's a good idea. Okay. I won't mess with them. That's good. Well, I gotta get going. Going home? I guess so. Tell me something, Ernie. Sure, well, what do you want to know? What are my chances, Ernie? And don't kid me. I wouldn't kid you, Frank. I, I don't know right now, but uh, I'd sure be lying if I said they were good. Thanks. That's what I wanted to know. That's what I liked about Ernie. When he asked for the truth, he gave it to you. And after he left, I lay back on my cot and thought about the whole mess. Everything had happened so fast, I really hadn't had time to take stock of my position. Now I did. And what I came up with made me want to beat my brains out against the steel bars out of sheer frustration. It wasn't anybody's fault. If you discounted the guy that actually did the killing, I didn't have any beef with the law or the people who were carrying out the law. It was just that they didn't know they were going to convict an innocent man. I guess I lay there thinking about ways to clear myself. Most of the ways were more daydreaming than anything else. I finally came up with the conclusion that anything I did was going to have to really go from the time I started it. There wouldn't be time for talk or reason. In the morning, I got dressed and ready for the first day of the trial. When I got to the courtroom, I was seated beside Ernie. Then came the time when papers were being shuffled and everyone was getting set for the opening arguments. Well, then you take it easy, Frank. We're going to fight real hard. You know what a backfire is? You mean like when a car... No, I mean like when you're caught in a bad brush fire without any water. Well, I'm not with you, kid. Uh, what are you going for? You light another fire downwind, let it give you a big burn spot to stand in while the main fire goes past. Uh, you explain it to me later, Frank. The judge will be here in a minute or two, and I want to get my paper straightened here. <laughs> he doesn't like to see an unprepared attorney. Listen to me, Ernie. I'm in the path of a real big fire right now. I know you are, boy. I know, but what... So I gotta try a backfire. A guy can get killed in a backfire, but at least you gotta take a chance. Well, what are you trying to tell me? Now, say it fast, because... The You'll judge... hear from me. Stick with me, Ernie. I'm a pretty good guy, but I'm in real bad trouble. And I'm the only guy that can get me out of it. Well, what... What are you gonna do? This! Look out! He's making a break! Get on, mate! Wait! the only thing I could do. I couldn't sit by while 12 people tried to make up their minds whether I must die for a murder I didn't commit. As I went out the window, I folded my arms in front of my face to keep from being cut to ribbons with a broken glass. I lit feet first in the parking lot and started running. I didn't know where I was going. All I knew was I had to get away fast. By the time everyone got organized, I'd pretty well lost myself in the alleys of the city. I got to a place where they were putting up an office building and ducked into the sub-basement, crawled into a corner and stayed there. Somewhere around midnight, I slid out and started to the only guy in town I knew wouldn't turn me in as soon as he saw me, Ernie Gibbons. When I got there, his place had a light on in the kitchen, so I went around the back. Hi, Ernie. What? Let me in. Well, come on, Harry. What are you doing here? If they find out about this, I'll be disbarred. I won't stay long. 
Wait till I turn the light off. Now sit right there, Frank. And don't move around too much. Thanks. Okay. Tell me why you did it. I told you this morning in court. This is my backfire. I couldn't just stand around while they made up their minds whether to kill me or let me rot in jail. I didn't do it. I'm going to get the guy that did. Oh, then they'll really have you. And they'll have me for something I did, not something I didn't do. Well, why'd you come here? I need an address. An address? You mean the guy with the mustache? Yeah. Got anything on him? He isn't around, Frank. How do you know? By the time I got through with the mess you left behind, it was pretty late in the day. What are you talking about? Just this. We knew he'd duck out as soon as the trial was over. But during the trial, we might have been able to work something. That's why I warned you about causing a mistrial. Well, this afternoon, I went over to the address he'd given. And he moved out a few hours after your break. Any forwarding address? Oh, don't be so naive. The man is a murderer. I don't think he knows you saw him running out of the store. But he isn't taking any chances. He's lost, Frank. And you're in a bigger jam than before. Oh, I do now. Oh, yes, you tell me. I won't give myself up. Well, that's up to you. You're on your own now. What's your position in this? Well, I should turn you in. But you won't. Oh, you're a cinch. They have the book thrown at you when they get you. I gotta think. Yeah, sure. Ernie, do something for me, will you? I might. What is it? I'm a pretty hungry man. Could you rustle me up some food? Oh, sure, Frank. I'll fix you some food. Ernie. Yes? What about that witness that claims he saw me casing the place, that Eddie character? Yeah, well, what about him? He's the state's number one witness, isn't he? Well, I guess so. What's he got against me? Why is he trying so hard to get me? Well, I think that for the first time in his life, he's somebody and he's going all out to prove it. I'm going to see him. No, no, you're not. You're in enough trouble. Lay off of him. Give me his address, Ernie. Well, you're out of your mind. Give me his address. I want to talk to him. Oh, but Frank... I know you've got it. You've got the addresses of all the witnesses. Get it. Okay. It's here in my briefcase. Hey. What? Well, that's funny. I, I never noticed this before. Noticed what? What are you mumbling about? The witness against you lives right over the liquor store where the guy was shot. Ernie. Yeah? Just a thought. But he's the fellow that accused me of casing the shop. Suppose it was the other way around. Suppose he was casing it for our friend with the mustache. Well, you'd have to prove a connection between the two men. But... So how are you going to do that? I don't know. I'll figure that out when I get there. Oh, I can't let you do that, Frank. Don't try to stop me. Well, you could get picked up on the way there. I'll be there in a few minutes. It's three or four miles from here. You're lending me your car. I am? Yeah. Give me the keys. Okay. Here. So long, Ernie. I I wish I could stop you because... Don't try it. I wouldn't want to hurt you. Oh, well, thank you. So long.
sir. Whitey Wilson, come on, open up. I don't know any... But you know me, Eddie. Thompson! That's right, Frank Thompson, fall guy. What do you want from me? I want to know why you're so anxious to see me burn. You tried to hold Sam up and killed him, that's why. You know better than that. I do? What other reason would I have? Hold it down to a roar, Eddie. I gotta get some sleep. Come on in, mister. You with the mustache. Thompson? Yeah, that's what Eddie said when he saw me. All right, Eddie, what's this guy doing here? He's, uh... He's my brother, but it don't mean... Cozy, it. huh? One guy in a witness box and one guy in a jury. You really got it made. Yeah. What are you going to do about it? Make you tell the truth. What are you talking about? Why'd you kill him? Need the money? Get out of here. After you write me a confession. So I can burn instead of you? That's right. You're wasting your time. Am I? Get the cops, Eddie! Now! Get up, you. Am I wasting my time? Am I? I don't write nothing. You won't. Okay. Okay, now. Start writing. Here come the cops. You're dead. No, mister, you are. If the cops get here before you finish writing, I'll kill you. If I'm going to fry for something you did, I'm going to be sure you go with me. Now make up your mind. Do you want to die right now or take a chance with a jury? Okay. Give me a pen. I hope you understand why I sent for the cops, Frank. I didn't want you getting any more trouble. Oh, sure, that's all right. <laughs> Well, how's it feel? Mighty good. It's a pretty town when you don't have to look at it from behind steel bars. Yeah. What are you going to do now? It looks like I'll be able to make that job I told you about. Only a few more days to wait. Where will you be staying? I don't know. You got any money? Enough. You got any money? No. Then it's settled. You'll stay with us until you get on your feet. All right. <laughs> you heard me. Okay. Lend me a quarter. <laughs> sure. What for? How to buy a pack of cigarettes from a machine. Suspense. Presented by Autolite, tonight's star, Mr. Ronald Reagan. Suspense is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis, with music composed by Lucian Morrowick and conducted by Lud Gluskin. Circumstantial Terror was written for Suspense by Ross Murray. In tonight's story, Howard McNear was heard as Ernie. Featured in the cast were Vic Pern, Clayton Post, Charles Calvert, Hal Gerard, and Kurt Martell. If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow the Riley and Kimmy show. We feature old time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website 
at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about the Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.